0: Night is two Beshvat, it's the Rosh Hashanah, the New Year's of the Trees. And there are four Rosh Hashanahs, the four New Year's in Judaism. The other Rosh Hashanahs begin on the first day of the month. This is the only Rosh Hashanah that begins on the 15th of the month. And um, the reason why we celebrate it is because man is compared to a tree. Man is a microcosm. Everything that's out there in the world is reflected and represented within man. And the quality of a tree, a tree's life expresses itself in the fact that it grows. And what? What does that represent within us, within our personal lives? It represents the emotions, our character. Emotions are something that grows. It grows. Children love toys. As you grow up, you love bigger toys. (laughs) Children play with car toys, small toys, and adults play with big toys. But as you grow up and you evolve, emotions change. You love things that are Worthwhile, that are more meaningful. So the emotional characteristic is, ref, represents the growth within the person and that ability to grow, to grow up. We say the expression, grow up, like a tree that grows. In other words, become emotionally mature, become more like an adult instead of childish. And in a certain sense, this is the essential part of the person the a person is really your personality your character not so much your brains you could be brilliant the nazis were brilliant <laughs> where did they get them evil brilliant. right where did they get them brilliance is computers are brilliant right. no heart no heart no soul the real test of a person is your character If your knowledge and your information and your awareness affects your personality and your character. If it brings... There are people who are brilliant. But emotionally, they're children. They're insecure and they're childish and petty and egotistical. There's no growth. All the brilliance in the world, the Talmud says that once a great scholar died. And how did they eulogize him? And it wasn't a flattering eulogy. Very unflattering. They compared him to a basket full of books. Meaning, just like the effect that the books have on the basket, that's the effect that this scholar with his brilliance and genius and and, and encyclopedic knowledge had on his personality. A zero. Like, what's the connection between... If it was a modern-day version, they would have used the analogy of a disk. A computer disk. The disk has thousands of books in it. So what? No soul. What, what, it didn't affect this. So a person could have all the knowledge in the world, but it doesn't affect you and doesn't change you. That's why all the holy rabbis that we revere were not only brilliant scholars, but they had brilliant souls. Moses, the ultimate Torah scholar, the one who gave us the Torah was the most humble person that lived. That's what characterized him. That's what made him into Moses. It's what you do with that knowledge. If it changes you, if it transforms you, if it refines you, if it makes you a better person, if there's growth. So that's why the tree, that's why we identify with the tree so much. Man identifies with the tree. It's our personal holiday because it's that characteristic of the tree that really characterizes a person. We constantly grow. And the tree is made up of different parts. You have the roots of the tree then you have the trunk of the tree, and then you have its fruits. The roots of the tree represent what's submerged underground. You don't see. But the deeper the roots, the stronger, the healthier the tree. The roots represent a person's faith. Faith is something very subtle. The the underlying assumptions, the you know, you go deep into the person. Your principles, your faith, that's what nourishes you, that's what sustains you. Your roots, where do you come from? Your parents, your ancestors, you're steeped into, that's where you're rooted. That's your connection, that's your, that's your faith. But that's beneath the surface. Then you have the tree itself. The tree itself represents... The personality, the makeup of the person, your brains, where you think, your mind, your heart, your personality, your character, characteristic traits, that's what defines you. That's who you are. That's the tree itself. But the most important part of the tree, ultimately, is not the roots and the tree, it's the fruits that the tree gives off. It's the fruits. That's what makes the tree a delight, a pleasure. Not only when you eat those fruits, even just looking at the fruits, you walk into a garden, you walk into an orchard, it's so pleasant, it's so pleasing, just being in an orchard gives you so much pleasure. The fruit is the effect, the impact that the tree has on those outside of it, on others. So when the deep roots, which nourishes the tree, and then the tree gives off branches and leaves and fruits, and fruits which are a delight. The difference between fruits and wheat and barley, those are basic foodstuff, bread. A person can't live without bread. But fruit is delightful. Fruit is not just basic necessities. Fruit represents something whole, something rich. And when a person has a rich inner life and, and a rich life, that he's able to share with others, and able to share his richness with others. You know, not just going, not just surviving, and and just doing the basic necessities. But when your Judaism and your relationship and connection with Hashem, with Godliness, is rich and delightful and fully engaging, and engages every part of you, not just you know, action, speech, thought, speech, and action, but it engages your pleasure and, you know, it, it, it focuses you, it concentrates you, and your whole being is immersed in, and connected. This is what fruits represent, and that's why this is the only Rosh Hashanah that's on the 15th of the month. The Jewish people are compared to the moon, a full moon, completion, wholeness. All the other Rosh Hashanahs are on the first day of the month, the rebirth of the moon. It's just a sliver. It's just the just beginning, potential. But here you have the completion, the full moon. The moon is able to see the full moon. So when a person reaches a level, you reach such a level of richness that it's not just that you're covering all your bases and you're doing all your obligations, fulfilling your obligations. Your Judaism is more than just fulfilling obligations. It's more than just, it's not like paying income taxes. You just do the bare minimum, and you do what you have to, and whatever loophole you can find, it's legal, and that's fine. When your Judaism is something that you do with your pleasure, and the total, total involvement, that's what the fruit represents. And that's something that's delightful, and that's Rosh Hashanah of trees. So our custom is to eat from the trees, from the fruits, that Israel is blessed. Grape, fig, date pomegranate, olives, and um, also to a new fruit. Apple? No, no, that's not Israel. Israel is the seven fruits that Israel is blessed with. Oh, no, unique. And also a new fruit, a fruit that you haven't eaten in the season, so you can make a Shekha Our custom, we also eat carob. Carob is what, Rabbi Shimon Ba Yechai, the author of the Zohar, the Bible of Jewish mysticism, lived off for 13 years. He had to be forced to hide in the cave, him and his son, I saw the cave, actually. It's in Peki'in, a little village in, up north in Israel. And you see right outside the cave, there's a wellspring, some water, and a carob tree. And that's all they lived on. they was on a carob diet for 13 years. That's all they lived on. So, you know, exactly. we also eat a little carob. Well, most importantly, we try to internalize. This is our Rosh Hashanah, where we can become like trees and start growing again, spark our growth process, and, and we start growing up. Emotionally and psychologically, and spiritually, and we can actually change, for the better, change our personality, our character, and our emotional makeup. So this empowers us tonight, the next 24 hours, Rosh Hashanah, Tu B'Shvat, empowers us to become like that tree, deepen our roots, strengthen the core of the tree, and most importantly, to give off tremendous fruits. Our effect and impact in the world around us should be... Um, Beneficial, like a fruit. The fruit has seeds. And from those seeds, you can plant another tree. In other words, you, you, your impact is lasting, long-lasting. Because you can create other trees, I will create other trees. So enthusiasm is contagious. When we're on fire, and our spark is lit, our divine, godly spark is lit, and we can become lamplighters to light the sparks of others. And sometimes it works the reverse. When we see that we cannot light our own spark for some reason, our own spark is shrouded in darkness and we, we can't seem to light our own spark, then by helping another person and lighting someone else's spark, you also help yourself. As the second of everyone once said, he says, whenever I see that my own service of Hashem is going nowhere, sometimes we hit a roadblock we hit like a brick wall. We, feel we numb out and uh, nothing gets to us or nothing inspires us and we're burnt out. So if I see I can't do anything with myself, and I go and help another When I help another person, miraculously, somehow, my heart softens up and somehow I can achieve movement in my own personal life. So it works both ways. You want to influence someone else, you want to inspire someone else, you yourself have to be inspired. Words from the heart enter the heart. If you're not sincere, if you're not genuine, the other person will see through it in a moment. You, can only, you only delude yourself. We don't delude anyone else. So if you want to inspire someone else, you yourself have to be inspired. Words from the heart enter the heart. If you're not genuine and you're not sincere, then the other person will see right through it. You're just mouthing words. If you mouth empty words, even though those words could be genuine and beautiful and the most profound words, words in the world, but if, if it's dead, if you're dead inside and you don't feel anything, you don't experience anything, you don't mean it, it doesn't, doesn't move any. So yes, in order for, to inspire someone else, you have to be lit up. Your spark has to be lit. Up. But it also works the, the, the reverse. What if you can't light your, your fire, your own fire? Sometimes you're in prison, you can't release yourself from prison. You need someone on the outside to release. It. So when you help another person, And that is genuine. Because when you help another person, that is 100% genuine. Because it's selfless. My ego only cares about myself. Why am I busying myself and bothering myself to help another person? So that is genuine. So when you help another person, then Hashem will light your fire. Will ignite your spark. That will release you from your own person. And start your own inner movement and own inner growth. And your tree will continue to flourish and grow up into a beautiful tree, we're just coming from Yud Shvat, the 10th day of Shvat, which is the yardside of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, and the day the Rebbe became Rebbe, and uh, the last Hasidic discourse that the previous Rebbe left, this is like his last will and testament, is on the verse in Song of Songs by King Solomon, where God says, I have returned to my garden. God calls this world my garden. When God created the world, it was a garden of Eden. Mount Sinai, once again, it became, briefly, for a moment, for 40 days, it became a Garden of Eden. And then, inevitably, the Mashiach will come imminently, any moment, will once again, permanently, become a Garden of Eden. So this world, potentially, is a garden, a delightful place, a world filled with pleasure, wholesome. That's the true state of the world. and God created the world, it was that way. And even today, potentially, it is this way. And that's what we've been working on for the last 3,800 years, since Abraham. Our parents, our ancestors, every day of our lives, every moment of our lives, by doing a mitzvah, we've been planting seeds. And we watered the seeds with our tears, with our sweat. Unfortunately, with our blood. We've been watering this gardens. And now that the world is saturated with Jewish blood and Jewish tears and with mitzvot and good deeds and kindness and tzedakah and selflessness and hope and faith and joy and connection, all of those 3,800 years accumulation of we've been seeding the world. Literally, Jews have been spread out throughout the world and we've been seeding this garden, planting the seeds. And then overnight we'll see suddenly all those seeds will sprout and all the seeds will take root. And suddenly the world will transform instantly before our very eyes. We'll see how this world becomes truly a garden of Eden. A genuine place. A godly place. A wholesome place. A good place. A kind place. Not the jungle that it appears to be. But the world will become the godly place that it is, that it was meant to be, that it once was, and inevitably will be. As a result of our heroic sacrifice and our efforts, and every mitzvah that we do matters. Every positive thought that we do makes a difference. Every positive speech that we add to the equation has the power to single-handedly transform human consciousness and transform the whole world.